Welcome to the podcast Filled with His Love, the only podcast that draws upon both religion and psychology to help you strengthen your attachment relationships. Here's your host, Dr. Russ Osgathorpe, Emeritus Professor of Instructional Psychology and Technology, author and speaker. His latest book, entitled Filled with His Love, Strengthening Our Attachment to God and to Others, is available on Amazon now. So we talk a lot about attachment and relationships. We all have attachment relationships. We all have relationships that are the most meaningful in our lives. And so I want to talk a little bit more about what attachment theory is, because some people are not familiar with that. And before I get into that, I want to talk about doctrine and theory. Let's think about what doctrine is for a moment. Doctrine is the teaching in the church that we hold to that helps us understand what God wants us to do and to know. So if we look at doctrine for a moment in this context, we say there are two great commandments. Remember when the lawyer came to the Savior and said, well, so what are the two greatest, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, well, the greatest commandment is love God Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, might, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. So these two commandments, these two primary fundamental doctrines, because then he said all the law and the prophets hang on these two doctrines, on these two commandments. I've always wondered what that meant. This is a very important thing to understand, and it's really a lot of what I go into in the book. So We won't go into all of that right now, but just remember, we're talking today about these two commandments, loving God and loving our neighbor. And that is really the prescription that the Lord has given us for improving and strengthening our relationships. We embrace all truth, President Nelson has said, whether it comes from the scientific laboratory or from the revealed word of the Lord. We accept all truth as being part of the gospel. One truth does not contradict another. So this is important as we think about, well, what if we're going to talk about attachment theory, uh, do we have to kind of discount it because it's not talked about in the scriptures? No, he's saying we embrace all truth. So There is doctrine that we understand from Scripture, and there are theories that, in this case, psychologists devise and um, create that that help us understand the nature of human behavior and why we do what we do and why we think the way we think. So a theory is really nothing more than a system of ideas to explain something. That's all a theory is. And we are all the time wondering why this person did that, why this person said that, why did my child do this, why did my spouse do this? And that's basically why psychologists come up with theories to say, let's try and explain why we behave and think the way we do. One psychologist said, there is nothing more practical than a good theory. Some people think, well, theory is just pie in the sky, is something that doesn't really affect us and we just need to get down to it and have the more practical stuff. Well, uh, I like what this 
psychologist said, there's nothing more practical than a good theory because it lets other things hang on to it. Just like those two commandments, loving God and loving our neighbor as ourself, have other things that then relate to it and hang on those and are based on those. So now let's look at attachment theory. For those of you, and if you already know attachment theory, you can certainly skip this podcast. I mean, this is just a very brief introduction to what attachment theory is. And I think it's helpful for all of us to uh, become more acquainted with it. The theory was invented, uh, created by two psychologists, psychiatrists, psychologists in Britain uh, in the 1960s, John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth. They were working with very young children, infants sometimes, and young toddlers who were coming to their uh, nursery, in a sense, uh, their place of doing research, and they were watching how mothers and these very young children interacted, and they noticed that there were patterns, that some children, when their mother walked in the room, some children would run to their mother happily engage with their mother. Other children would avoid their mother, turn around, see their mother, and walk the other way, basically. Other children were very anxious when they would greet their mother, or when their mother would leave the room. They would cry and scream for a long time. They were very anxious when that separation came. And so they started to see these quite dramatic differences in how young children reacted to their mother, and they said, we need to kind of categorize this, come up with a system of uh, ways of explaining something, and so they came up with attachment theory. And so in parent-child attachment, you've got, um, well, if you could, I'd like you to imagine a box with four squares, so it's divided, this, this square is divided into four different little boxes. On the top left is called secure, this is a secure attachment, and in the case of the parent-child attachment, the child says, I love my parents and feel loved by them. This is a secure, healthy, enduring attachment. In the top right box, it, it's called anxious attachment. This child says, I love my parents, but worry that they don't love me. So constantly wondering, does my mother, does my caretaker, does my father love me or not? Because I get these mixed messages from them. So they have anxiety about the relationship. Let's go down to the left bottom quadrant right now in, in the box. And that's called avoidant. So this is a case where the child says, I feel confident in going it alone without my parents. Perhaps there's a trust issue here. I don't trust my parents because of what they've done, what they've said. So I kind of avoid my parents. These are the children in this uh, lab that Bowlby and Ainsworth were running that looked at their parents and said, I, I, I just go the other way. I, wanna, I don't want to even see you. This is the avoidant attachment style. Now, in the lower right quadrant, I call it dysfunctional. Some psychologists call it dysfunctional. Others call it anxious avoidant, kind of a mixture of the two. And this is where a child says, I wish my parents loved me, 
but I feel I need to protect myself from them, probably because of some of their behavior before. So what drives this two-by-two illustration? And I wish you'll be able to see it in the book, and so it'll be much easier when you can see it in the book. And I recommend that you do that so that you can understand it more clearly. But on the top, you've got self-worth. So the person who has a lot of self-worth can have a secure attachment. The person that doesn't have much self-worth has an anxious attachment or a dysfunctional, both anxious and avoidant. On the left side, you've got sociability, thoughts about others. If you've got positive thoughts about others, then, and you've got positive thoughts about yourself, then you're likely to have a secure, enduring, healthy attachment. If you have negative thoughts about others and would rather kind of be by yourself, you have this avoidant style or a mixture of avoidant and anxious, which is called dysfunctional. So that's this box with these four sub-boxes in them. And for me, it helps put attachment theory in clear relief. It's the way that I like to look at it. Other uh, writers look at it in various ways, but for me, this helps a lot. So now, the big thing is, it's nice to understand that young children and parents have certain attachment styles, we might say. But what does that mean for adults? Well, adults have these same attachment challenges and patterns. And so there are some adults that can find it easy easy to establish healthy, uh, enduring attachments, the secure type of attachment. And there are other adults who carry this pattern that has developed early in their life into adulthood, and they find it difficult. They're either anxious, avoidant, or dysfunctional. So this applies to marital attachment as well. And we can go over that in another podcast, but the same four boxes, secure, anxious, dysfunctional, avoidant, same boxes apply. But then we start to look at this spousal relationship, and we can talk about that again some more. Now, I would also like to like us to think about how attachment styles affect our relationship with God. This is something that is not talked about very often, and certainly I have not heard it talked about uh, in our church. And so that's one of the contributions I wanted to make as I wrote this book filled with his love. Some people have an anxious attachment with God. In other words, they want to feel God's love, but they worry that God doesn't love them. They don't have a hard time, they have a hard time feeling God's love. This is just probably more common than we might think. There are also those who say, uh, I don't feel like I need God that much. Um, When I've relied on him in the past, he hasn't come through for me. And so therefore, I think I will just not emphasize this relationship with God in my life. And then there are others who say, I would, lo- I would love it if I could feel God's love, but I feel like he keeps pushing me away. I, I keep pushing away from him. 
because I have this avoidant and anxious kind of combination that is actually quite problematic, quite deadly to a relationship. So in all of those boxes, it's difficult. But in the secure box, I love God, and I know He loves me. I feel His love every day. I actually live to feel His love. Um, this is the more secure, enduring, healthy attachment style. So we'll, again, talk much more about that in the book. But in the unhealthy attachment style, then you've got either the anxious or avoidant forces in, in ourselves. And, and I want to say this, we don't go in boxes. We, you know, people don't fit in boxes. And so we're all on this continuum. We all have some anxious kinds of feelings from time to time and some avoidant feelings uh, toward others and toward God, perhaps. So to summarize, the things that cause us to have unhealthy attachments are this anxious or avoidant, either one of those feelings, those forces in our lives. And we all have those kinds of forces, at least to some extent. Then we have an unsafe, insecure, temporary attachment, not an attachment that lasts and endures. But when we have a healthy attachment, the anxious kind of fades away, the avoidant kind of fades away, and then we have a safe, secure, enduring attachment, which is really what we all want with our family, with our friends, and with God. And so in the book, I go into this in much more detail about how we can develop these safe, secure, enduring attachments. Attachments really that bring us the most joy we can experience in mortality.